The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the appointment of more judges and the introduction of tougher sentences are just some of the 140 uh, actions set out by the Department of Justice in its plan for the coming year with the aim of building stronger, safer communities. Minister for Justice Simon Harris is with me now. Uh, Minister, you're welcome to the show. Uh, We won't go through all 140 actions. We might start (laughs) with um, tougher sentences. Uh, So explain exactly what that's about. So look, we believe that obviously there's certain offences in the country where I think there's such a level of societal revulsion that we need to actually change the laws to have uh, harsher sentences. And what I'm thinking about particularly is assaults on frontline workers, of course, including the Gardaí, uh, paramedics, and people working in our hospitals, our nurses and our doctors. So we're proposing that between now and the summer recess, we'll amend the law to increase the maximum sentence for assault on a frontline worker uh, to move that assault uh, from a seven-year sentence as it currently is to 12 years. And what is the evidence that that will actually deter any of these attacks? So I think there's two things. I mean, one, I think it's important that Truthfully, the Oireachtas, the, the, the doll, sends out a message in relation to the fact that we do value our frontline workers. And this is something that I hear from rep bodies. We've been asked to do this by Garda representative bodies. It is important that the people's representatives send out a very clear message. But the second and most practical um, indication is that we know uh, from material in our own department that when you increase the maximum sentence that genuinely has an upward pressure um, on the sentencing that is given out by the courts. So while courts obviously have discretion in relation to their sentencing, these are matters for the courts. We know where the Oireachtas legislates for longer maximum sentences. That generally pushes the sentences upwards. I mean, we saw 18 Gardaí in the month of January alone attacked. And I think in the area of social media, where now not only are Gardaí facing attacks, but also those attacks being videoed and shared, I think it is really important that we review and revisit this. I've also this week agreed with the representative bodies that we review the Public Order Act because the Gardaí are telling me that they now believe that they need um, that, the, the sanctions in that legislation to be looked at as well and to see how we're actually tackling antisocial behaviour in Ireland from a legislative point of view. But, but does that upward pressure on, on sentencing lead to less sentencing? Because the, the evidence would be that tougher sentences don't actually reduce crime. So I think there's a couple, a couple of things. I mean, generally speaking, I'm a person and I'm also obviously an education minister and I'm a person who believes in, in rehabilitation and alternatives to prison. But I do also actually believe that when there's certain crimes committed here in this country, that it's important that there are very significant sanctions. And I actually do not think it is acceptable in any manner or means that somebody can go out and attack a Garda today. Um, or, no, absolutely. And I would wager I, I could count on one hand the amount of people listening to this show who think that is OK. So, so no, I, I, or, everyone's and, in agreement on that. I, but I just the idea are, that tougher sentencing sure. will lead to a reduction in this happening, that there's actually no real evidence for that, is there? So no, this is this is about the sanctioning of somebody when they do something wrong. In relation to the broader point about how do you actually reduce the prevalence of it, which I think is a really important point, I think there's a couple of ways you do this. I think the review that I'm announcing as part of the justice plan into how we police antisocial behaviour, how we embed and protect, I suppose, that culture of respect uh, in our communities, um, looking at ASBOs, are they effective? They're working well in some parts of the country. They're not being used much in other guarded divisions. Why is that? So carrying out that review this year in relation to antisocial behaviour with my colleague, Minister James Brown, I think is important. Secondly, giving the guard of body cams is really, really important. I mean, Kieran, I find it beyond ironic 
that often the only person who turns up at a public order incident without a camera is the guard. And I think one way you can reduce the tax on Gardaí is actually to make sure that if somebody does decide that they're going to lunge at a guard or throw something at a guard, knowing that that evidence will be captured on a body cam, uh, I think is an important deterrent. And we're currently bringing that legislation through Mm -hmm. the doll as well. But I'm unapologetic in suggesting that if you assault a guard or any other emergency frontline worker uh, and if we prosecute you you're going to get a longer sentence in prison and I think that's right and proper. So how long before uh, in your imagination before Gardaí, all Gardaí on the beat will have a body camera? So the Garda Commissioner will obviously be responsible for the rollout and he has said he hopes to be in a position to begin the rollout towards the end of the year. Uh, truthfully, I think we'll, we'll see the bulk of Gardaí beginning to have body cams through the course of 2024. Uh, and then in a kind of uh, a related or slightly separate issue, I want to ask you about facial recognition technology because I understand it, it's, it, it's your preference to amend legislation that's going through the Oireachtas at the moment to allow for the use of facial recognition t- technology by the Gardaí but there's some reluctance to that the Justice Committee are reluctant uh, they want more examination actually Patrick Costello from the Green Party describes facial recognition technology as a horrendous dystopia of mass surveillance that we should be resisting with every fibre Wow, okay. Well, that's a, that's a very broad statement. I mean, the reality of the situation is there are different views in relation to facial recognition technology uh, across the political spectrum, and there are different views, as you rightly say, uh, even within government parties. Uh, I'm not het up on, what, on how we actually bring this about in terms of what legal vehicle we use. What I am very exercised about is the fact that today in this country, we have Gardaí having to sit through maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of online images to try and maybe protect a child from child abuse, to try and break up a human trafficking gang. I have met the Gardaí who are subjected to having to view the most horrific and vile images you can possibly imagine to catch a perpetrator and to protect a child. I'm conscious that Ireland has obligations uh, at a European and international level to help crack down in relation to child abuse. So, I mean, the, I use this as one example of where facial recognition technology can be very helpful in enabling the Gardaí to scan material that they already have in their possession at a much faster and more efficient rate to catch a perpetrator more quickly and to protect a victim more quickly. I also, though, do know that with any new technologies, there need to be safeguards and um, that you obviously need to bring the public with you. Um, and I'm very, very eager to do that. So the factual position is I'm due to go back to government shortly uh, with a report on this matter. But I'm at idem with the Garda Commissioner mm. that I believe this is a tool uh, that our Garda need and that many, many modern police forces have. So, so when your government colleague describes it as a horrendous dystopia of mass surveillance, you disagree? Well, I mean, for, for example, firstly, it's not about mass surveillance. I mean, of course, if that's what we were endeavouring to do, uh, of course, I'd fundamentally disagree. Deputy Costello is, is a very fine parliamentarian. I have a lot of time for him. I mean, there is, there's different views in relation to the use of technology. What I'm very clear on is that we're not in the business of wanting to mass surveil anybody. But we are in the business of making sure that if, God forbid, somebody went missing today, perhaps somebody with, from, with Alzheimer's went missing today from a local nursing home and somebody wanted to be able to find that person more quickly using images that are already available and scan those images more quickly. If there, God forbid, was a terrorist attack in this country uh, or a missing child, knowing that we'd actually be able to use technologies. The reality is more and more of the world uh, is moving online. Um, and therefore we need to give the guards those powers. If there was a suspect in a murder um, on the loose in a built-up area. So, look, these are, these are legitimate debating points. It's right and proper yeah. that Deputy Costello and others want to debate them. But as Minister for Justice, you wouldn't expect me to have any position, I think, other than wanting to make sure that our guardy have access to the most modern tools. And particularly the area that I particularly would like to see 
early movement on is that area around child protection, um, online technologies, and I, I think it's every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. But, uh, I appreciate that, but at the same time, while you say this isn't mass surveillance, there are people who agree with Patrick Costello that it sounds like that's the direction you're moving. And and all of the arguments you've just made can continue to be made until the point that we do live in a society of mass surveillance, can't they? So when you legislate for certain things, and if I if I uh, managed to, to win the argument in due course on this in the debate, I'd you'd legislate for certain things and you'd also specifically exclude other things. It's absolutely essential that any legislation would have safeguards. I really believe... But, so, but, but where, you or somebody or your successor could make the exact same arguments you're making now to allow those certain other things that you legislate against and then to allow something else and allow something else. I mean, if you raise the spectre of child abduction and terrorism, it's hard to push back against it, Minister. But these are realities. I mean, I'm sorry if people only want to debate the issue. I don't mean you in the abstract. But I mean, the reality is when you're a guard today sitting up in the Phoenix Park, there's nothing abstract about this. And when you're having to actually view these images, when you're actually charged, as I am, as Minister for Justice with national security issues, and you're getting uh, important and sensitive briefings, it's important that you listen very carefully to your Garda Commissioner. It's important that you constantly say, what are the best tools that we can give our police force? But it's also really important, by the way, that you engage with the Oireachtas, that you engage with the Justice Committee, uh, that you listen to concerns that people have in relation to this, and that you get it right. Now, Ireland is not a first mover in this, far from it. Many, many other countries have done this, and therefore we can learn from them. Um, And I actually believe that whatever we do in this space will be at the Conservative end, quite frankly, uh, compared to quite quite a number of countries. So I'm looking forward to going back to government on this. I'm also looking forward to very intensively engaging uh, with the Oireachtas and both myself and, and Mr. Helen McEntee um, do want to work with the Commissioner to make progress on this. Priority one is to get these body cams and guards uh, and then priority two alongside that is to make sure that we can begin to give the Gardaí the technology that they tell me they require that many police forces have um, and that I believe are really going to be more and more important as criminals move online that we don't leave the Gardaí stuck back in the 20th century. What about equipping guards with tasers, as the GRA have recommended? Well, I heard the GRA's comments today. I mean, I had a very lengthy meeting with the GRA recently. This didn't uh, arise at that meeting, and a number of other issues did. I'll be meeting them shortly, and attending their annual conference uh, next month, I believe, or in a couple of weeks' time anyway. Um, I'm not instinctively in favour of this for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, in, in the first instance, it would be a matter for the Garda Commissioner to advise me, and I haven't received any such Advices, but secondly, I was very taken by the points made on on news talk earlier by um, by former assistant commissioner Pat Leahy, who talked about actually a number of countries who have introduced tasers. They've done it as an alternative to to their to, to their police force using guns. They've used it as a de-escalation measure. It would actually be hard to see it as anything other than an escalation measure in Ireland. I mean, we have for a, for a century now. Um, seeing the policing of this country with a largely unarmed police force, with the consent of the people, with community policing embedded. Of course, we have, uh, we have armed Gardaí, we have an armed response unit, we have an emergency response unit. I do think, and I know the Commissioner is currently reviewing the equipment available to members of the Gardaí, for example, pepper sprays and the strengths of that, the batons, the handcuffs, that's all important. The body cams we've just discussed are important. Um, but I, I remain to be convinced um, that tasers are currently the mm. way to go. And like I I'd certainly not a space I'd go into without a, a very clear recommendation from the Garda Commissioner. But you started this interview talking about the awful spectre of, of Gardaí being assaulted mm. on the front line. Is this not a way of solving that problem? 
I don't think it is. Um, I think the way you solve this problem is, is multifactorial. I think you, you do it by the body cams. Um, you do it by taking much more proactive and intensive sanctions against anyone who engages in this uh, in this behaviour. Yeah. And there are but other in, ways... But, but, but sorry to interrupt you, Minister, but in, in those situations, the guard still yeah. gets seven shades of proverbial kicked out of them, but you just catch the person afterwards and you punish them more severely. The taser might stop them getting injured or assaulted in the first place. It may, but it's also it's also a very, very, very significant change in how we police this country. I mean, let's be very clear: we have Gardaí today with tasers, uh, we have Gardaí today who are armed, um, but we don't have every Garda armed or every Garda with a taser. And I think there would be, and I certainly respect the views of the GRA. I think there would be a variety of views. Uh, amongst the Gardaí in relation to this matter because it would be a substantial change uh, in policing in Ireland. Uh, and I think it would be, it would be no, I, don't, I can't imagine any minister ever considering this without a very clear view from Angarda Siakona and a clear request from the commissioner in relation to this, one that we don't have. The Gardaí have done an incredible job of policing this country and they've done it primarily as an unarmed force. But we have made changes. I mean, I, I've heard the GRA talking about national units like the Armed Response Unit and the likes. In recent years, we've also seen the development of regional resources to be able to respond more quickly. We've invested in things like Garda helicopters and Garda planes to help get armed Gardaí to places in the country where they're required much more quickly. And I do think we need to do more. And I've spoken to the commissioner about this. And I share his view in terms of reviewing the current equipment that's available to the Gardaí. Gardaí get to carry things like sprays. Uh, Gardaí obviously have uh, the, the type of handcuffs they use, the battens, their uniforms. All of these issues are important and the body cams will be a big change as well. Are you worried about the prospect of a blue flu later in the year? I'm, I'm not saying I'm not worried because it's important that a Minister for Justice engages uh, on these matters, but I certainly think it would be highly regrettable and unnecessary. And the reason why I say that is this. Uh, we recently changed the rules that have allowed the Garda representative bodies, quite rightly, access to the industrial relations mechanisms of the country. So for the first time, Garda can now access the WRC in the way other unions and the likes have been able to for many years. I really believe the way you resolve a dispute, and rosters is a very sensitive issue in any workplace, and it's important it's gotten right. It's important the commissioner's view is respected about making sure that he has the right number of Garda on duty at the times he requires them. It's important that the rep bodies are heard in terms of things like work-life balance, health and safety of their members. But the way you, the way you resolve this is through intensive engagement and there are mechanisms in place now for that to happen. Uh, the, the aforementioned Pat Leahy was speaking on this show a couple of days ago and, and it was his, his view was that we wouldn't have a blue flu but that we would have Gardaí not rostered for work picketing outside stations. Do you imagine that happening? Well, I know, look, we've already had, I suppose, one protest from the AGSI um, in terms of handing in a letter of protest. People are perfectly entitled in a democracy to make their views known. I attended their conference this week where they raised this matter too. So regard the commissioner, I'll be engaging at the GRA conference. But my message here is really simple today. The only way you can ever resolve any dispute about anything in the workplace is through engagement. And it is really important that there is now intensive engagement. There seems to be a bit of a disagreement from a process point of view as to how that engagement should best take place. But my message as Justice Minister is to encourage people to engage, engage intensively and resolve this. Because it's in the interest, of course, of Garda members. It's in the interest of the Garda recruitment campaign because we're trying to grow Garda numbers and get a thousand more Garda, Garda into Templemore. And it's crucially in the interest of public safety and people in this country. 
Uh, yeah, Pat Leahy you mentioned who was on News Talk Breakfast this morning uh, on the Pat Kenny show was owner Brinch and Fane's housing spokesperson do you accept his explanation that his controversial tweet he sent uh, that the picture in it, it was never meant as uh, a criticism of the Gardaí it was simply meant to highlight the issue of homelessness and criticise government policy well look I think I think he said he meant no offence, um, whether he did or he didn't. What is absolutely crystal clear this week is it did cause offence. Um, I'm in no doubt about that because I've been engaging with rank-and-file members of Angarda Siakana throughout the week. I have heard directly from him the level of offence and hurt that it caused them. He's obviously contacted at least one rep body, I think, and, 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 and con- conveyed his remorse, I think was the word he used. Um, and look, that is welcome. There, there, is, there is an important point, though, that we, should, we knew need to be extremely careful not to drag the Gardaí into um, political debate. And the Gardaí have a very important role to play in our society. Um, we've just discussed the importance of how they police Ireland by consent with the support of the community. And they shouldn't be used to score kind of political but points. Can you, can you then ways. maybe take this opportunity to explain what their role is when it comes to evictions? Because in the, in the wake of that tweet being posted there was an awful lot of commentary and people were pointing out that the images used in it some of the images were of Gardaí at an eviction at quite a kind of controversial eviction that got a lot of attention uh, last year and I suppose there was people defending Ono Brin's uh, uh, what, what they perceive to be the point Ono Brin was making Ono Brin distances themselves yeah, from that now but so, so what is the role or function of Gardaí in sure. those situations they and do let, appear at evictions and let, me, and let me answer that directly but before I do let me say that those people who run to defend Deputy O'Brien's tweet probably have never had to put on a uniform at four o'clock in the morning over than myself and actually go out and put themselves in harm's way. Remember, there are Gardaí in this country who have lost their life in the line of duty and the idea that you would ever suggest in any way, inadvertently or others, that the Gardaí are on any side other than the side of the public good and maintaining public order and law in this country was offensive. The second thing about this, and the artists have the right to do whatever they want, this was never about artists. This was about somebody who wishes to be a minister um, t- tweeting this p- picture. It was also about somebody who last summer threatened to, t- threatened to sack a civil servant when they didn't like their view and had to apologise for this, now dragging the Gardaí into controversy. And also it was about retweeting an image that suggested that the Gardaí were uh, the equivalent to a colonial force. Like, let's be quite clear, and that cut deep with a number of Gardaí that I spoke to. The Gardaí in relation to evictions, the role that the Gardaí have in relation to any such matter is the upholding of, of peace uh, and the opponent voters, they're not the people appointed uh, by the courts in relation to these situations. So Gardaí from time to time can get called to a whole variety uh, of situations, but their role in relation to evictions is, is far from a primary role in any, in any manner or means. And look, I think that has been recognised uh, by Deputy O'Brien uh, in his comments. Uh, before you go, uh, we discussed um, quite a few times yesterday uh, on the show and debated um, Ireland's defence policy, this forum that's taking place uh, over the coming months that's going to look at at our uh, position of military neutrality and defence and security more broadly as well. And I know uh, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar uh, has, has gone on the record as saying, listen, his, his, his own view is that he is opposed to the triple lock, for example, that in order to engage overseas, you need the approval of the government, the doll, and uh, you need a UN mandate. Now, he hastened to add, that's not government policy, that's his own view. Is that your view as well? Yes, yeah, so, so let me hasten to add that the government policy is, is as the policy currently is and the triple lock is the policy. I, I personally have a concern about the current workings, obviously, of the UN Security Council. When you see a scenario that right now, as you and I speak on this programme, the chair of the UN Security Council is Russia. 
at a time when Russia is carrying out an illegal invasion on our continent of Europe. And the reality is, if you, if you extend this to a potential natural conclusion where you could see Irish peacekeepers at some time or manner or means wishing to help bring peace, not war, peace, and uphold peace to a part of the world that perhaps Russia wouldn't support, the idea that the Putin regime could effectively block what our defence forces do is something that I believe deserves scrutiny. I think the leadership shown by the Taunish to this week in establishing this international uh, security forum is good. And certainly my own department, uh, as a department of justice and with responsibility in the area of national security, uh, will obviously wish to feed into that uh, discussion. But the idea of beginning to debate, I think, where Ireland's place in the world is in the 21st century is Mm. a good thing. Neutrality, by the way, I think is a good thing. Being non-militarily aligned, I think, is a good thing. But working through the practical implications um, of the current reality around the UN Security Council is, and I stress it's my personal opinion, uh, is something that does merit consideration. Simon Harris, Minister for Defence and Minister for Higher Education. And Minister, thanks a million for joining us. Or Minister for Defence, Minister for Justice, uh, Robin Portfolios uh, for you. Minister for Justice <laughs> and Minister for Higher Education. Uh, thanks a million for joining us here in the show. Sure. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.